0: All right, this is Kevin from Shared Secrets. I have recently launched uh, my own security consultancy named RTX Security based in Minneapolis here and offering a full suite of cybersecurity advisory as well as application security services focused on testing, strategy, uh, all sorts of uh, support with for clients working on hard security problems. If you have anything that you'd like to uh, discuss maybe there's some way that I can help you, uh, feel free to reach out at podcast.rtxsecurity.com. Thank you. No one knows my secret.
1: Even if I told you I just heard a door open. That's so great. Ooh, more <laughs> NPR, <laughs> ambient noise. I love it. Oh, man, I just feel so cozy listening to this podcast.
0: My door or your door? You heard Sarah. Your door. I you thought heard I heard Sarah Sarah your thing. door open. Yeah. You know what? I edit this thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Dennis, Kev. you were hot when we got on the line earlier. You said, let's not plan this. Let's not coordinate this. Let's not try to define DevOps for anybody. It's been 10 years. Who's defining yeah. it? Right? Yeah. 15 years?
1: Uh, 2016. I have actually just looked it up. I got the book right here. That's not in true. my hands.
0: That's the just because it's a second edition of a book, my friend.
1: No, it says first edition here. I actually would be well, maybe quite shocked if this is a first book edition.
0: Was written, but DevOps has been a thing for longer than 2016. Sure. Okay,
1: well, I'm just saying DevOps Handbook right here, buddy.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'm glad we're off to a contentious start <laughs> because this is going to be an episode of contention. Yeah. Because. We were talking and you said, DevSecOps is perfect. That's what you said. <laughs> True? hmm I Always. said, I don't know, Dennis. You know, we still got some, some challenges. So first, I think, sadly, we still have to talk about the meaning of what we're discussing. So, um, well, you've got the book in front of you, Dennis. You want to you wanna try and frame DevOps first for us?
1: Uh yeah, the combining of dev development and operations uh into like a single unit um so that uh you know the folks that are writing the code also responsible for um deploying it. Uh and the idea there was to reduce inefficiencies um and uh also problems uh with folks developing code in one environment passing it off to a different team uh, who deploys it into a, a, you know, more often than not, completely different type of environment and all of the mm-hmm. bugs and slowdowns and things that happen. Uh, so there, someone got the brilliant idea that said, "Hey, you know what? Why don't we start building and developing our code in the same kind of environment that it's going to get deployed into, uh, and that way we can do stuff a lot faster."
0: Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I'll, I'll just. Maybe lay out how it's framed in my head because I'm a guy that it doesn't didn't necessarily click right away what all this stuff was until I read like the not just the one book where it's like a novel of the Phoenix Project, but like 12 books (laughs) and having the disadvantage compared to you of not really being a software, you know, traditional software developer either. Go check out Dennis's apps on the App Store. Maybe you can
1: plug your I actually don't even know. I, I Actually, there's I no know. more apps in the app store.
0: But software development was slow. And it was slow, not necessarily because it was hard to write code, but because people who write code were always waiting on other people, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't test my code because I don't have somebody is using the dev environment or I can't. Uh, interact with this other component because that's only available in staging. We have three staging environments, and each of those staging environments you know cost you know two hundred thousand dollars to set where, you know even in this imagine the day and age before we had virtual machines, let alone you know cloud environments and things so these constraints would come up that would basically block the productivity of getting code from a developer's head into production. All of these uh, evolutions are kind of as described as like applying the the theory of constraints from, you know, which is a a lean manufacturing process that came from Toyota. Let's apply it to try to speed up and make developers more productive, but then also a culture and philosophy of making it kind of higher quality software as well. But Mm. why can't this work for security, right? That's what you said when you invented DevSecOps. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I don't know if I invented it, but I definitely, uh, you know, think that there's you a lot of valuable lessons it. that apply. Definitely didn't invent it. Definitely. Um, didn't.
0: And even from the beginning, like you know, Gene Kim definitely, um, you know, was a DevOps uh, pioneer. You know, did a ton of evangelism and, and you know a, a significant contributor to getting this information out there for somebody. He was, you know, I believe the CTO for Tripwire, which was a security company. I remember going to see him, um, you know, talk in DevOps in like 2010 or 11, talk about DevOps in 2010 or 11 at um, a local venue here in Minneapolis. And he also mentioned what he was calling at the time rugged DevOps, hmm. meaning that the the software would also be kind of resilient to... Um, you know, security issues that were, were common to the time and still common today. So I think that that idea was always in there. Um, but today we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of how realistic that vision is for people out there. Maybe some things that are really harmonious between application security and DevOps or DevSecOps, and maybe some things that weren't as easy to get right. Perhaps you should uh, cover some positive things about security in Dev DevOps, DevSecOps land. And I'll just start saying security in DevOps because, you know, that DevSecOps word is really just means that, right? Like integrating security into the DevOps culture, the processes. So, if, you know, anytime that you're you're operating in a DevOps landscape, you know, with security. I do think that that qualifies as DevSecOps. I don't necessarily think it's a special thing. I think there's ways to do it better and there's ways to do it worse. Um, but if you're optimizing uh, the development process, you're, surely you should be um, optimizing the, security, the integration of security into those processes. And therefore, you should have DevSecOps. Sometimes you might end up with security as a constraint, Mm-hmm. In the process, meaning like, you know, the DevOps theory of constraints, meaning like, oh, I don't have enough environments. So that's slowing me down or I don't setting up all the tests take too much time. And, you know, there's so there's or my application is too, too tightly coupled, like it's a, a monolith. And when I change one piece over here, it starts to impact everybody else. So there's those common things that, that can be the constraint, which means it really should be the focus of attention and evolution. And I would argue that a lot of times security is the, the constraint that's slowing things down. And maybe DevSecOps is making sure that that constraint is consistently getting evolved and addressed when it, is, when it is slowing things down. Maybe that's the best way to phrase it.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, to be fair, security and compliance were both covered in the original DevOps handbook. Right? Yeah. Um so it does call out that folks like have already mentioned we're referring to it as, you know, devops plus security is something new. Uh like rugged devops you mentioned also in here mentioning the Capital One team and their devops sec which I guess tragically didn't catch on. Uh maybe yeah making a way for dev sec ops. But anyway, yeah, you know, it's not DevOps did not exclude security from the get-go, right? Like it, yep. There's actually a lot of great stuff and, and some things in here, which we'll touch on, which are, I personally I feel were ahead of their time.
0: All right. Let's do it. Let's Dennis, do it. What is one thing that is a really great harmonious integration between security and DevOps?
1: The thing that I thought was ahead of its time, right? Again, this book written in 2016, already okay. talking about protecting the deployment pipeline. Uh, so saying, Hey, listen, it's not like, it's not just the code that we have to secure. It's not just the environment we're deploying the code, uh, into that has to be secure. We also have to dis- uh, secure, you know, the, the rails used to, to do development and deployment. We saw just how important that was right in the wake of like a solar winds. Uh, and you know, here they were talking about exactly that, right? Hey, we got to make sure that things that are going through our CI/CD pipeline that is itself secure. So that's what I thought was uh, really good uh, in there uh, and, and casting a very um, uh, important spotlight on that.
0: All right. And I just took a second to nail down DevOps movement started between 2007 and eight, So a lot of reference material has been built. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the handbook is, is a great, you know, and perhaps that was, that took a while to kind of nail down the, the DevOps handbook and share those practices. I think that you're, you're right. The deployment pipeline certainly should be protected, but it's in certain times, right? Like when we want to get, I mean, if our overall force is to enable developers, you know, and maximize productivity it leads to kind of this pipeline diversity problem, right? In which that build system isn't working as well for the maybe for the front end versus back end. And build pipeline diversity that's maximizing, again, productivity of developers means larger also attack surface. And I think, you know, the DevSecOps and build pipeline space is similarly ripe with challenges and maybe secondarily there, you know, how many developers should be um, involved in the process of getting into production code base. Um, There's a security element there just trying to deal with, I think insider threat is really real. So having build pipeline integrity and automation also has this kind of elaborate, like, you know, how do we handle the, the separations of duties and saying that this piece of code is actually trusted in a way that it can go and operate. Like some of this code might be, you know, flying, you know, spaceships. And, you know, there's, there's a, a element of risk there, um, that has to be tackled. And, you know, when we're consistently maximizing for productivity, it's, it's a challenge as much it is as it is a, uh, a benefit in my opinion.
1: I totally agree with that. Um, should I hit you with another pro? Yeah. Okay. Hit me with another pro. Another pro. This will
0: just be me shooting down all your pros and then I'll have three three additional cons. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: Okay. I like the emphasis on uh, integrating security into defect tracking and, most importantly to me, postmortems, right? Uh, in the book, they were talking about a Twitter presentation, right, from their security team. And the thing that uh, really stuck out to me was this emphasis on preventing security stakes from being repeated, right? So making sure that security is included in these uh, post-mortems, which also dovetails nicely into another part where they were saying, you know, hey, listen, you really got to integrate your security controls into shared source code repos and shared services, right? Another mm-hmm. thing I know that you and I have talked about a bunch.
0: The Andon cord, right? So in Toyota Lean Manufacturing, which was like the heart of a lot of um, the philosophical side of how can, you know, if they're, if they're approaching, you know, assembly line automation that has all these different steps, how do they optimize that? And the notion that there was a, you know, physical core that anybody in that factory could pull when there was a problem, not even just the safety problem, but you know, when something went unexpectedly, it was everybody's not only right, but kind of obligation Mm -hmm. to stop, the process and every, you know, and the right stakeholders come together, um, you know, so that and on cord would, would halt the production line and people would come and it wouldn't resume until the problem was not just fixed as an instance of the problem, but, you know, the, the problem was hopefully prevented um, from ever occurring again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole thing about like, yes, yeah, warming the problems uh, really
0: resonated with me. Okay, so code, we're optimizing code to get into production faster, right? And vulns are also going to make it into production faster. In the world of you know, software security, um, one subtle mistake, I mean, most of the mistakes that, that developers make that can have kind of catastrophic security consequences seem pretty subtle. So with all this optimization to go from, you know, developer into prod fast, even if it's in a situation where there's, oh, we're rolling out code to a subset of servers or things like that, I think that there can, you know, if if the security isn't there to catch that particular type of defect that might be realized, mm-hmm. then we've got that that risk is actually amplified. Um, Because, for for instance, maybe we can't get static analysis, you know, runtime static analysis um, perfected, or maybe we can't optimize it enough to make it into our build pipeline, and we're running it on a periodic basis. Maybe that technology can catch those issues, but it just can't catch it without becoming the constraint, so it's not leveraged you know, in the kind of gating process of of getting to production. So there's, you know, we're taking on more risk in certain places, in certain places that might be appropriate to do, certain places it might not be appropriate to do, but we may not even have visibility to that problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's got to be like a culture uh, of like this commitment between uh, dev and security, right? That's like, hey, listen, yes, we are moving fast. We may make mistakes fast and uh, introduce vulnerabilities fast, but we are in agreement that we will, when they're identified, fix them fast.
0: Um, well, it's that's interesting phrasing, right? In in a true DevOps, and I I know what you're saying. Like, you know, there's security experts contributing to DevOps just the same way that there might be infrastructure or cloud experts tr- contributing to DevOps. But you know, you you do still point out that it's very often the case that we have security people and development people and operations people, even though, Mm -hmm. you know, we're supposed to be smashing these things together in in this DevOps uh, greenfield view, right? So I think you actually kind of maybe doubled down on your last one because you, you liked, okay, there is a defect and we, you know, you, I think we probably hit, the sy- systematic you know, evolution process associated with that defect. But there's maybe another positive there, which it means if we can fix code faster, our mean time to remediate those bugs. So maybe mm. bugs are l- more likely or spend less time in production, but I think we do a disservice to not comment that, you know, it's, it's easier to get things fixed in the DevOps, including the security bugs. Um, so, yeah.
1: Nope. Very good point.
0: We're still not at the point of kind of evolution around security testing where we can't find bugs with that exploratory testing. I think a huge chunk of the software security industry or consulting industry is really focused on this exploratory penetration testing that's maybe tool assisted. Last week, um, we talked about kind of, you know, the automated driving of of, of an analogy of this, bring that back here. But there's a lot of good bugs that are going to get found by smart people assessing things rather than just necessarily being test cases. Once you quantified an instance of a vulnerability or something like that, maybe it's a good Maybe there's a good test case that can be implemented and built into the the build lifecycle or the you know the build test cases and and break the build. um, You know if you suffer from one of those. But exploratory testing for security, I think, is still pretty solidly important, and it's hard for that to become a gating function um, in a DevOps land. So that's going to end up probably being out of band. You know, for for those organizations that really prior, prioritize being able to, you know, single p- true single piece flow where we're, we're getting code into production, with um, without ever slowing it down with with humans.
1: When we were talking about this, I think to go back to DevOps Handbook. I mean, I really like this book heavily annotated. Lots of these like little things to go back to. Lots of great nuggets in here. Um, but yes, the out of band things. I think. Uh, receive like a very light touch. Um, but there are uh very important things like and you mentioned exploratory, you know, having smart people in there that understand the app, doing business logic testing, um, uh, that that don't always fit nicely into the narrative of um DevSecOps.
0: I, I had one more that's maybe connected to that human thread and and you know, I, th- I think you might have something to say about this, but the other area where I think taking that extra time and having a meaningful view and, and in some ways a very human view, meaning like automation, it might be a poor choice is to make these risk decisions, right? Like, is this code safe enough to go to, to production? And you might have a ton of great Telemetry or data mm-hmm. that's produced by automation through that process, um, but you might have some some other data uh, in play, maybe data about the value of your assets or the particular use case of a customer or whatever it is, right so um, i'm I'm gonna kind of maybe play that like the risk review release card type of thing to say. At a lot of places, it still makes sense to pump the brakes on this stuff before it gets out the door, and have a real conversation about the security of this this um, you know piece of code going out. Did we do everything that we expected to do? If not, what was the reason? Can we should we wait and go back and and try to get it done? So I I like um, you know I still have never reached the you know, for for a lot of places, I still can't get away from that kind of more typical release gating function. We're inserting a very uh, specific constraint to the process in order to to govern it. And uh, that could hurt productivity for sure.
1: Yeah. But don't you feel like your previous comment about meantime to remediation sort of lessens that to a degree? Like, hey, we do understand we're putting stuff in there, but at least we can fix things faster. So does that like give you any solace that, you know, you may be having these risk decisions after something is in production.
0: Would be use case specific, right? Mm. And if you're an organization where you can build enough walls to make certain types of changes, low risk, categorically low risk, maybe that makes sense. But when we go back and we think about like the typical DevOps constraints, you know, one of them is like overly tight architecture. This could be called, you know, not not loosely coupled enough or monolith versus mm-hmm. demonolith. So in a situation where you have, you know, every developer can write a piece of code that, that's executing in the same execution context, it's very hard to build those walls, right? So I guess my answer is twofold, is that you could probably reach a level of DevOps maturity in which... You could uh, happy path certain types of changes that might be categorically low risk and avoid those, but there's still a lot of places that I mean that's kind of a an area that's that's built into the DevOps evolution, and it's not something that uh, I would want to do. You know, timing is critical of of when you reach hmm. that point, and uh, perhaps your your strategy is sound is to to have to have people ahead of time or try to predict the risk of something or predict the risks of particular types of changes. But I will say we get bit by changes we think are low risk all the time, right? Some news this week about a, uh, uh, content distribution and video vendor process. And they pushed a change to their, uh, caching configuration change. And I believe they felt that change was probably pretty low risk, but it ended up, Uh, Interacting with authentication cookies in a weird way and started logging people into the wrong accounts for for about an hour, right? So um, we can make mistakes there too. I think it really depends on a business. There's certain types of businesses that um, you know are are going to be more risk adverse. Um, And I'll say, you know, where all this stuff comes from, the automotive industry, right? There are still humans making decisions at a certain point. In that that life cycle, and there's certain you know testing and things like that that's not part of the assembly line process. You know, the safety and crash testing and, and it's done, and the sampling, quality sampling of things. So, um, you know, we can't just say that uh, the the process of building software is enough when you know some of the ancestry here. It it wasn't enough in those cases either, right? When
1: we're talking about CI CD right? Continuous integration and continuous deployment. And it doesn't all have to be uh, like a one button push, Um, meaning like, okay, yep, I've written this change, and now it's immediately getting out and and deployed. I mean, I still think that you are, as an organization, realizing the goals of DevOps, even if there is a pause uh, for this manual consideration of, mm, do we really how much do we trust the security of this thing or, you know, the reliability of this thing um, Mm -hmm. happening in between CI and CD, you know, or in between like the I and D in between like the development and then deployment of something. Um, uh, Because, you know, again, like to go back to the very beginning, introducing this topic to me, a lot of what DevOps is about is just reliably making sure that like what you are writing uh, will will run as you expect in production.
0: These are just inputs into organizations defining a process mm-hmm. that works best for them. And you're you shouldn't be held prisoner to a philosophy about DevOps or anything else, you know, or or even, you know, a framework. And you know, this is the the struggle around compliance you are certainly held you know uh, accountable in certain ways to compliance or regulatory demands but this is a tool to help you optimize productivity and i really think it's important to adapt the tool to fit and to suit and you know at different phases of your journey it's going to look it's going to look different you know it's it's going to re- reshape itself and evolve itself and yeah, so I wouldn't be beholden to uh, you know the the case studies out there. Even mm-hmm. if there's a case study that sounds exactly like you, one case studies tend to look at the the positive things and <laughs> maybe not co- cover all of the frictions. If they're you know selling us a DevOps with the Capital One, uh, you know, case study, I, I bet there's there's a second side to that story as well, in which which pieces had friction or, you know, tensions were raised or something like that. So just, yeah, make it fit, make it fit for what you're doing.
1: All right. Do we, we have time for one more con? Let's do it. Um, The last thing I just want to touch on uh, and it's not something that's impossible in DevOps. I mean, it does try to tackle this, but I've just found it to be harder and that is um, for threat modeling, um, which I think You know, all, most, all, most security practitioners would say, you know, yeah, doing that secure design review, it's, it's great. That's where we're going to find more of the high severity issues and hopefully prevent things from even, you know, bad things from occurring, right? The design decisions are being made. Sometimes it's difficult. Maybe the documentation isn't, uh, as thorough as before, which just like gives the security team a little bit less to review, uh, for this really making sure that that piece still happens and isn't sacrificed for speed um, uh, is is a little bit can be tough to do
0: the kind of the erosion of formal design makes validating that the design is is secure really difficult like we we have a lot of degrees for software development a lot of programs around that that don't necessarily focus on you know architecture and and integration and kind of that, that processes. And I think generally the difference 20, 30 years ago, you know, the complexity kind of necessitated a a concrete design phase in which, you know, we kind of look from the one, two, three process of like, well, we're going to gather and kind of understand what our requirements are for a piece of software. We're going to translate those pieces of software, those requirements and validate that they're, They're going to be captured by designing, Mm -hmm. you know, or architecting a piece of software that should satisfy those things. And then going from that, that architecture to implementation, those three phases are really smushed together. Software security risk is, is, is a combination of the, the defects that we've been talking about or the software bugs causing security risk and design flaws. And, um, When you start to change design or mutate design, even if it's a series of very small changes, um, or you skip that process where the design is ever really kind of completely solidified in a way that somebody could, you know, assess it or validate it it gets pretty risky in the in the secure design space we're all kind of smart enough to to build a box that we can't get out of
1: right mm-hmm.
0: um so having something well captured well defined and kept up to date can be a real challenge in devops that's that truly represents enough of the architecture um, to to correctly kind of do a an asset centric threat model, you know, periodically to to check that all of those assets are and all of those controls and and all of those threats are accounted for in a in a way that suits somebody's risk tolerance. DevOps is something easy to get enamored with, um, and and really it's about speed and agility, and you don't want to. I mean by its very nature I, I I don't think it's a healthy thing to constantly be kind of second guessing or pumping the brakes on on, on implementation but I do think security is is an area that um you know requires the right people and um, certainly you know needs to be on the table consistently to to discuss how we're going to make uh great software quickly mm-hmm. efficiently and securely yeah no one knows my secret That's Alright, uh, like I said, like...